0: Good morning, everyone, wherever you are, whether it's morning, evening, daytime, or whatever, and welcome to Under the Wire. Um, Here in our bunker, we are on a war footing, and that is only a slight overstatement because actually the entire world of social media, most governments, and certainly the medical community and the media are at war with the truth. And so we are your home at the present time while we're allowed to be for the truth about vaccines and um, medical practices that you need to be aware of. My name is Meryl Dory. Uh, I'm the mother of a vaccine injured son, and uh, I am here coming to you from our bunker in New South Wales. Uh, on Under the Wire. And thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Good morning, Adam. Good to see you here. Um, You're always Johnny on the spot, or shall I say Adam on the spot. Um, Now, I said this is going to be a huge update. I cannot believe the number of slides that I've got here, but so much has been happening over this last week um, that honestly, it is going to probably take me an hour and a half to try and get through them all, and that's racing. So um, good morning, carrie Ann, Lynn, and Maggie. It's good to see you here, and Wendy also. I am going to start right in because we have a lot to cover, as I said For those of you who follow the AVN on Facebook, you would probably already be aware of this. Um, For those of you who don't, we are leaving Facebook. We've already left it, actually. We've left Facebook because of the suppression, the the constant censorship, and the way that we've been treated by Facebook. Uh, And it's not just us, it's so many other groups. We are actually lucky that we still have a page on Facebook Because many others do not have one any longer. So um, I'm going to let you know that I have a list of links that I'm going to be putting up on the AVN website when this issue or episode of Under the Wire is um, live on YouTube later on. And that list of links is as long as your arm. And in that list are all the places on social media where you can find us at the present time. We did have a wonderful page on Parlor, but Parlor has been taken down completely by Amazon. I personally have been an Amazon Prime member since they started Amazon Prime. I've been an Audible member since before Audible was owned by Amazon. I canceled both my accounts this week because I personally cannot abide censorship. So, I'm not going to support any organizations or any businesses that base their practices around censorship. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you are members of either of these things um, or any other organization that um, actually believes in censorship, you might want to consider doing the same sort of thing. So, Parlor is down. I mean, for goodness sake, the American presidents. Uh, Donald Trump has had his pages removed from just about every social media platform. Um, so we will not be on Facebook except for under the wire and any lives that we happen to do. Like if the bus goes on the road, we'll do lives on Facebook. But um, for everything else, we will not be updating the page. So if you come to find information from us, um, then Telegram, um, Signal, not Signal, sorry. Uh, Telegram and Gab are some of the better places to find our day-to-day information. And then we have BitChute, Brighteon, Brighteon Social uh, for everything else. So, um, yes, we are on Telegram. And uh, Sharon, if you cannot find us, Please wait until this has been posted to the AVN website because we will have all the links there. Now, this information was sent out in the newsletter that went out a couple of days ago to anyone who subscribes to our free email newsletter. If you didn't get it, that means you're not subscribed. So please go to avn.org.au. Right on the homepage, there's a place where you can um, subscribe to our free email newsletter. It comes out every week, week and a half, and we keep you updated through there. So please make sure you sign up. Yes, Telegram is working well right now. Um, there is uh, a bit of a, um, a rumor going around that the social media companies are going to deplatform Telegram as well. Um, Gab is probably the only platform that is safe right now because uh, they actually they were deplatformed three years ago and they started from scratch, bought their own servers and uh, did all of that from scratch. Uh, so they're not dependent on anyone else. Telegram is hopefully doing preparing to do the same thing because there is talk that they're going to be deplatformed. Now one more announcement before we get into the news that I'm going to be updating you on, the AVN, Um, in 2020 had a week, a monthly, sorry, monthly um, Q&A for AVN members that was extremely popular. Um, It was the the last Thursday every month, and we stopped before Christmas and New Year's. Um, We are starting again on Thursday, the 28th of January at 7.30 p.m., It will be a Zoom meeting, which is how we were doing it before and anyone who is a financial member of the AVN can join in and is welcome to do so. What we will do is send out the Zoom links to all financial members a couple of days before the meeting starts. Uh, So on the 26th of January, did I say February, sorry, on the 26th of January we will be sending out uh, the invitations to everybody who is a financial member if you are not a financial member it's 25 dollars a year and only financial members can attend this meeting it's one of the perks and um, you can bring your questions along you can hopefully get them answered time allowing Uh, it's a great interactive um, event for the avn committee and for the members of the avn so please go to avn.org.au Click on the link that says join support, join up. As long as you're joined by the 26th of January, you will get that invitation uh, to attend the Zoom meeting. Oh, Adam, thank you so much. Adam has actually posted the link to the AVN website. So that's for people to join and also for people to uh, sign up for our email newsletter. We also, I have to let you know, we have a brand new page on the website every week, Uh, Helen, um, one of our amazing volunteers, has been putting up a a weekly recap of the news for the week. So you will find the page there for the weekly recap, and if you, you know, just want to check there once a week, you will get yourself up to date with the majority of things that are happening. Ah. Oh, Tracy, you got a notification. Excellent. Um, I know that the notifications have not been going out for a while, so that's a good sign. I'm glad that you got that notification. Excellent. Before I go any further, I have to ask, I've got a fan on here. It's a little bit stuffy in the bunker. Um, Is the noise bothering people? If it is, I'll turn it off. Just let me know if that noise is bothering you. I don't know if you can even hear it but um, I just wanted to let you know about that and ask if it was okay. So um, let's get on to the news, and there is so much news. It's just amazing. Um, The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control in the United States, have just released their updated batch of reported COVID... Oh, good. Thank you very much for letting me know, Sharon and Wendy. I appreciate that. so, they've released their updated batch of reporting on COVID vaccine side effects through January 8th. Now, they said 6.6 million doses had been administered. That seems a little high to me, but if they say that, that's the case. Um, the reported deaths per dose are running at 85 times the deaths per dose of the flu vaccine. Now, the flu vaccine is the most reported vaccine reaction in the United States follows flu vaccination. So COVID vaccine is running at 85 times the number of deaths per dose as the already dangerous flu vaccine, and emergency room trips are 35 times higher than flu vaccine. And what this says is these figures are likely to be underestimated Because there is a lag in reporting. So, you know, the reports may be a week or more uh, behind schedule. And also, we know that only between 1% and 10% of reactions are ever reported. Um, Also, and this is a very good point, in the US, they've prioritized giving the vaccine to healthcare workers first. Um, And healthcare workers tend to be younger than the people who are being targeted in other countries. For instance, Norway. Um, has been prioritizing the elderly in care for the vaccination, and they have had a huge number of deaths in the elderly following the vaccination. Oh, that's great, Sharon. Thank you very much. now, the the other thing is, and this is something for those who didn't see my interview last night with Dave Rasnick, not last night, last week, I apologize. Uh, for those who didn't see my interview with Dave Rasnick last week, he spoke a lot about the reactions to the COVID vaccines and the fact that the reactions following the second dose are going to be much higher than the reactions to the first dose. And he predicted that there would be 1 billion, that's a billion with a B, deaths within the first year after vaccination. And I personally think that's a very conservative figure. If the numbers of people who they say should be getting vaccinated are vaccinated, it is going to be a Holocaust There is no two ways about it. Just looking at what's happening now. Now, this is the report from the CDC. It's just a screenshot, so it's not very clear. Um, But this is every Friday. uh, There were 6,741 total events reported um, to the CDC. Now, the vaccine's only been used for a very, very short time. Um, Lucky you think $2 I don't know how many. I think a lot of people in the developing countries will not get the vaccine, and they'll be lucky because they'll be the survivors, but your guess is as good as mine when it comes to that, and I think the numbers of deaths are going to be incredibly high. Now, again, I have all of these links uh, that will be posted on the AVN website when this um, video is uploaded there later on today. Uh, so, I'm going to go through just a few of the mainstream medical, I'm sorry, mainstream uh, media articles that have come out regarding side effects to the vaccinations. Um, so, this is from the Daily Mail in the UK, but there, this is the American version. At least 21 Americans had life threatening anaphylaxis after receiving Pfizer's vaccine, uh, CDC reveals. Now, anaphylaxis can kill you. It is one of those things that it can actually kill you very quickly. And the fact that 21 people um, had an anaphylactic reaction following the vaccination, in the normal scheme of things, if this were any other drug, they would be withdrawing it from the market to make sure that they studied and found out why this was happening. But with vaccines, what they do is they just keep counting and keep the vaccine on the market. Um, This is a very sad story. This is a a doctor, 56 years old. He was an obstetrician. He got the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. He developed what's called ITP, idiopathic thrombocytopenia purpura. It's a blood disorder where your blood does not clot properly. Um, it's known to follow many vaccines. It's listed in the package insert of many vaccinations. Uh, he developed such severe ITP that he actually died as a result of it uh, 16 days after the jab. So um, it, is, it is a very sad thing. But what's even sadder is that the drug company has been given, just like in Australia, the drug company has been given the responsibility to investigate this reaction um and Pfizer said uh, we don't believe at this time that there is any direct connection to the vaccine so a 56 year old who had 56 years of medical history was perfectly healthy before the vaccine develops an autoimmune condition which is what ITP is within a couple of days of getting the vaccine dies 2 weeks later and Pfizer says they don't think there's any connection between the vaccine and the condition. And this is what we're going to see. Denialism, denialism, denialism. Um, it is just incredible. Here's another story. Now, this is a nursing home in New York, um, Auburn, New York, which is upstate. Uh, this nursing home went through the entire COVID uh epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, scamdemic, um, without one death as a result of coronavirus. They went in and vaccinated the staff and the patients. And within a very short time, 24 of them died and 137 turned up with positive uh, COVID, um, SARS-CoV-2 tests. So the vaccine not only looks like it killed 24 of these patients or as residents, uh, but it made them throw back a positive test result. So it, it gave them what it was supposed to prevent. So um, it is, this is one of those, and this is happening all over the place. There are so many cases. I think I've got a couple of other articles here where um, we see that people are getting positive results after getting the vaccine. So instead of preventing infection, it's causing infection. Um, this is another healthcare worker in Portugal, a 41-year-old who was very healthy, died two days after getting the, um, the Pfizer vaccine. Her father says that he wants answers. Um, now, Here we go. They updated this article. Again, this is the Daily Mail. So they published it first saying that she died two days after the vaccine. The assumption was the vaccine caused her death because again, she had 41 years of medical history. The only thing that changed was getting the vaccine. She died after that. So, you know, with any other drug, you would say that the drug caused it. Um, But here we go. In a press release sent out on January 5th, The Portuguese Ministry of Justice advised that the preliminary results of the autopsy, quote, did not establish a direct relationship with the vaccine against COVID-19. So people are dying after this vaccine, and they are denying, the the governments and the medical community and the pharmaceutical industry are denying that the vaccine had anything to do with it. Um, Let me just take a look at some of these comments. Yes. Sharon says many U.S. doctors and nurses are testing positive post-vaccine. It's not just in the United States. It's happening everywhere that the vaccine is being used. Like I said, I think I have another couple of articles about that. Um, they inject themselves with the virus, and so they will be positive. It's even more than that. Uh, because again, Um, And this is something I've kind of hammered on about. The um, SARS-CoV-2 virus has never been isolated. The test itself is flawed. But what's happening is they're injecting um, viral RNA, not even proteins, but viral RNA into people. And the test is picking up that viral RNA Uh, And they're testing positive for that, whether it's SARS-CoV-2 or something else or something completely different that they've constructed, I can't tell you. But the vaccine is definitely implanting them with something, which is what we've been told. And calling it a vaccine, I mean, with the AstraZeneca, it is a vaccine, but with the Pfizer and Moderna, they are not. They are genetic modification devices that are intended to make our bodies create pathogens, basically. Um, they are not there to prevent infection with or uh, prevent transmission of any illness. Yeah, maybe they cannot detect a cause because they don't know how, or maybe they do know how, Sharon, uh, but they really don't want to to do the proper studies uh, to actually show that the vaccine is causing these reactions. Remember that the initial uh, phase one trials, which skipped animal studies altogether only studied a total of 45 people for safety of the vaccination. Uh, After that, they were only testing for effectiveness. They were not testing for safety. So only 45 people were tested for safety before the vaccine came out. Yes, um, Professor Dolores Cahill did say that millions would die from the vaccine. And I think, again, it's going to be billions if we vaccinate everyone. Um, So... We really and truly need to be sharing this information before too many more people die of it. Um, hundreds sent to emergency room after getting COVID 19 vaccines. This is the Epic Times. Uh, and uh, this is in New York. There have been, again, the vaccinations have only just started in some places. And in New York specifically, they've had a lot of trouble implementing the. Uh, vaccination campaign. They've actually had to throw away a lot of vaccines because these vaccines have to be kept at a specific temperature and they go bad very quickly. So they're throwing away a lot of doses. But despite that, a lot of people are going to the emergency department um, after vaccination. And I'll show you an article a little later on that shows that the reaction rate, um, they call grade three reactions, reactions that mean that you can no longer work Um, 17.4% of the people taking this vaccine in the United States are having a grade three reaction. That's the Moderna vaccine, not the Pfizer. I haven't seen that statistic from the Pfizer. Here's another one. 75-year-old Israeli man dies two hours, two hours after getting the COVID vaccine. Um, But it says, health minister, initial examination shows no link between the death and the vaccine. Would this person still be alive if they hadn't gotten the vaccine? I'd say any reasonable person would assume they would be. But uh, the health minister says, no, there's no proof that the, uh, the death was caused by the vaccine. And when it happens 10,000, 100,000, 500,000 times, they will still be saying no connection. Um, how many people will believe them at that point? That's the question. 58, you know, now I've gotten off of the um, newspaper articles and I'm going over some social media posts that have come out because a lot of people who've had reactions are posting on social media uh, to let them know and their families are as well. So this is from a person named Peter Gordon uh, on a page called COVID-19 Vaccination Feedback. A 58-year-old nurse I've known for 15 years died today. I found her in her room in bed. She was pretty healthy. She was semi-retired. She received the vaccine a week and a half ago. I'll be doing some serious investigation as I don't believe it was her time today. Gutted is not the word. So here's a 58-year-old dying, what is it, a week and a half after vaccination. Is it possible she died from something else? I guess it's possible. Um, but does the balance of probability point to a vaccination that was experimental that she got such a short time before? Um, yeah, it does. It definitely does. Um, oh, there is another newspaper article. I've had these out of order. I apologize. Uh, Mexican doctor, a young Mexican doctor, I think he was in his thirties. I'm just trying to see if I can read this, um, was hospitalized right after getting the vaccine. Um, 32-year-old female doctor hospitalized after receiving the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. The doctor, whose name has not been released, was admitted to the intensive care unit of a public hospital. So going straight into intensive care, this person's in bad shape. Um, The initial diagnosis is encephalomyelitis. Now, encephalomyelitis or encephalitis is one of the known side effects of every vaccination. Um, These vaccines can and do cause neurological reactions, and that's exactly what encephalomyelitis is. Pfizer and BioNTech could not be immediately reached for comment. Hmm. I think they must be trying to get their stories straight. Um, What's next? Hundreds of Israelis get infected with COVID-19 after receiving the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. So again, we have these people getting vaccinated. They were not um, diagnosed with uh, COVID beforehand, but afterwards they were. So most likely they got that diagnosis because they were vaccinated. So the vaccine is not preventing infection. It is actually causing it. Uh, This is a good one. I think this just happened yesterday or the day before. Uh, They're setting up these, cool. they're calling them super stations for vaccination in the United States. If you can see the picture there, it's basically an outdoor triage where they are giving the vaccine. Um, San Diego super vaccinations, sorry, sorry, vaccination super station event goes terribly wrong as many Moderna vaccine recipients are carted away in ambulances following vaccine injury. Now, the news reports all said that there were six that were taken away, but eyewitnesses who were on the scene said there were many, many more reactions than the six. Um, And what they did is they threw away the rest of that lot and continued vaccinating with a new lot of vaccine. Again, um, the precautionary principle, any duty of care would say, if you have a cluster of reactions like this, You stop vaccinating and you investigate to find out why these reactions are being caused. You don't just continue vaccinating. Yeah, um, Tracy, it it appears that the vaccine does shed, um, but what we're being told, and I'll get onto this later on, I've got some articles on this too, is that the vaccine not only cannot stop you from getting infected with SARS-CoV-2, but it cannot stop you from transmitting it once you have that infection, whether that status is as a result of natural infection or the vaccination. Um, In fact, a lot of medical authorities are now saying that the vaccine is not meant as a preventative, it is simply meant as a therapeutic. Um, So it's meant to treat, not to prevent. And if that's the case, why are we talking about health passports and not being able to work, not being able to get a driver's license, not being able to go into restaurants or movie theaters or any of these things? Why are we talking about discriminating against perfectly healthy people with no symptoms um, because they're refusing to take a, um, an experimental genetic modification device? Uh, surely that should be their right. Yes, Adam. Pathogenic priming is another big issue, and that's something we're going to see with the second dose. For those who aren't aware, pathogenic priming is known to occur with many RNA viruses, but uh, coronaviruses especially. um, For those of you who aren't aware, there was another RNA virus for dengue fever, um, and a vaccine was made for that. It was distributed in the Philippines and I believe hundreds of children died as a result. They didn't have an immediate reaction to the vaccination, but when they were later exposed to dengue, um, the, their body's response was incredibly severe, and a lot of them died. A lot of them were permanently injured. This is the reason why in 2003, when we had the SARS pandemic, um, the vaccine that they were working on was never released because... SARS, of which coronavirus COVID-19 is one of of the SARS viruses, is known to create this pathogenic priming. A lot of people think that the reason why some people are having serious reactions is because they're having an anaphylactic response to one of the ingredients in the vaccine. Uh, Polyethylene glycol, is PEG, is one of the ingredients in the vaccine, and a lot of people are allergic to that. But others believe that if you have ever had a coronavirus infection in your life in the past, and most of us have, because coronavirus causes symptoms of the common cold. So how many of us have had the common cold? Once you've had that exposure previously, especially within the last three years prior to vaccination, and you then get vaccinated, this pathogenic priming um, can occur and make your illness, your infection far, far worse. Yeah. Carol says, it is shocking how many are getting the virus two weeks after the jab. And we've been told that's the incubation period. So um, are we simply putting the virus into people and making them sick? Uh, Linda says, how is contamination of these multi-dose vials prevented if thimerosal mercury is not added? That's a good question. I don't know the answer. Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, But then again, the MMR vaccine is in a multi-dose vial. The flu vaccine is often in a multi-dose vial without uh, thimerosal. They may use um, uh, 2-phenoxyethanol, 2-PE. Instead, there are other things that they use to uh, prevent infection from spreading from other adventitious um, ingredients. Yes, Magdalene, David Martin is wonderful, and I have his video a little bit later on in the show this morning. I wanted to make sure I shared that with you because he goes into exactly why uh, COVID-19 vaccines, the um, mRNA vaccines, are not, technically speaking, vaccines at all. And that's an important thing to know because... If it's not going to be a vaccine, if it's not going to be a preventative, we need to be aware of this. Uh, And I don't believe any vaccine prevents illness anyway. Um, We've been told that if you have a history of severe allergies, you are at increased risk of having a reaction to the vaccine. But we are getting more and more reports of people who are getting the vaccine with no previous history of reactions at all and they are having very serious reactions. Uh, A healthcare worker uh, was taken to intensive care again at uh, Bartlett Regional Hospital in Juneau, Alaska. Sorry, it's very small for me, for an allergic reaction she suffered after being given Pfizer's new COVID vaccine. Um, They had no previous history of allergic reactions. But I'll bet you anything, if she survives, she will have anaphylaxis afterwards because her immune system has been damaged. And the thing with these shots is, once the damage is there, you can't get rid of it. And we will show you that when we show you David uh, Martin's interview in a little while. Here's another um, social media post. My grandma, please excuse the misspellings. I think young people just never learn how to spell. My apologies to all the young people watching this. Uh, my My grandma, which was in a house for elderly people, was vaccinated about a week ago, and today she passed away. The explanation is she just faded away. She was vital and normal until she got the shots. People know, people know this is not a coincidence, not a coincidence at all. The vaccines are definitely causing the deaths of people. They are definitely causing illness in people. Um, The fact that the government, the mainstream medical community, and the media are not accepting this connection is shameful and disgraceful. Do I mean New Jersey? I'm not sure what you mean, Robert. Uh, What did I say about New Jersey? I apologize. Let me know. Um, Okay. Uh, I got the Pfizer vaccination last Friday. Friday night, I had a sore arm and headache. Saturday, I had a roller coaster temp, mostly low. Headache, body aches, lethargy. Sunday, I had all the same symptoms and add a slight cough. Monday morning, my sinuses felt like they were on fire and I lost taste and smell in addition to all the other symptoms I was already experiencing. Now, those are all symptoms that people are saying are caused by SARS-CoV-2 got a positive test result by Tuesday afternoon. So got the vaccine on Friday, positive on Tuesday afternoon. I've been told by doctors that you can't get a positive result from the vaccine. Um, I've been told by RNs that several people they know who were vaccinated became COVID positive in the days to follow. Not sure what to believe at this point, but I'm currently at home with COVID, feeling like complete, you know what, this is my experience. I mean, how do you not know what to believe? It's your body. You felt it. You experienced it. The doctors are telling you something that they don't have any evidence for. It's time we started calling them on this. Um, there was a comment, No. oh, New Jersey, no jab, no travel. Oh, I don't think I said that. Maybe someone in the comments did. I'm sorry, I missed it, too. Um, no jab, no travel. Oh, NJ is New Jersey. My apologies. I'm from New York, so... Uh, NJ is New Jersey. So if somebody said NJ, that's what it means, as far as I know. Anyway, unless they're talking about something completely different. So here's a person who, again, tested positive following the vaccination. Um, this is another healthcare worker. I went to work today and ended up in the ER. Thank God I work at a hospital. I'm positive this episode is from the COVID 19 vaccine. I had tachycardia. Tachycardia is an unsteady heartbeat. Sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow. Um, my heartbeat was 239. I haven't felt right since I got the injection on Tuesday. I have had a headache ever since. Neurological symptoms. I will not be getting the second shot. This was my experience with the vaccine. I felt I should share it. I'm glad she did. Um, oh, NJ, when you're saying it is no jab. My apologies. I missed the original comment. So <laughs> NJ to me means New Jersey, just like NY ne- means New York. But um, obviously, that's not right. Now, I'm going to share a video with you. Um, this video is from a healthcare worker who got the vaccine and was hospitalized very quickly. She, she was told that she was lying. So she put a video up on her Facebook page showing exactly what she's going through. And within a matter of hours, Facebook took her video down. So her personal experience is not even allowed on Facebook. This is why I'm so glad we left Facebook. So I'm going to share this with you. Um, Again, these links will be in the show notes on the AVN website. Hey,
1: everybody. First, I want to introduce myself. And my name is Sean Skelton. And I'm very real... And unfortunately, this is also very real. I didn't know what else to do other than to just come on live and show everybody what my body is going through at all awakening hours of my day. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody online and then my friends and family that have reached out and prayed because I think that's the only thing we have going for us right now is a prayer. And on Monday, well, let's just say, I don't know what's happening to my body, okay? It's a good question to me as it is for you, but I know that on Monday, I was a very functioning person, zero medical issues at work every day. I've been a CNA for 25 years and I love my patients, I love my job. I got the COVID vaccine, the Moderna, on January the 4th. On Tuesday, I had mild flu-like symptoms. I went to work. Um, stomach pains and diarrhea, some, you know, on Tuesday, normal flu-like symptoms. Wednesday, I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't able to go to work. My tongue began to spasm out of control. By Thursday morning, I was in full body convulsions. When I get upset, they get a lot worse. But for the most part, this is my typical day. This is right now. I've even taken two values. And this is how much my body just controls to move. And I know I have a lot of support, but a lot of you people on Facebook are really mean. I didn't ask for this. And how do you just wake up one day and your whole world is wrong and it's upside down and no one helps you is, is beyond me. I can't make sense of it. I can walk, but my legs just bounce. I try to stay positive, I joke around, and I know a lot of you are probably gonna be jealous that I have better dance moves than you and I stand up and that's just me trying to be positive. But tomorrow's just to go to somewhere in Easter Kentucky and I think get a shock treatment. But I just appreciate everybody's prayers Do you want to help me get up and walk? I'm just exhausted. It's exhausting for your body to constantly go like this. But it is what it is. And I don't know how else to prove that. I'm real. And thank you for your prayers. And there's nothing that... Would convince me that this is not from the Moderna vaccine.
0: And I know that was hard to watch. Um, I've I've only watched it twice. I watched it the first time, and and then I've watched it now, and it is really hard to watch. I did look at the comments on her Facebook page and they were trolls making horrendous comments. Now, I don't know how many of you, someone's asking how we can explain this. I don't know the physical explanation for this, but there is a woman in 2009, a young woman, I think she was 21, 22 years old, Desiree Jennings, I think was her name, and she got the um, swine flu vaccine. And she developed a condition that looked very similar to this. She had some differences. She would have falling down seizures if she walked forward. She was extremely healthy, fit woman. Um, But she could walk backwards and run backwards. And she was perfectly fine. She could talk. She could not have seizures. But as soon as she started moving forwards, she would have massive seizures and At the time, Dr. Rashid Batar, who a lot of you know, contacted her and flew her out to his clinic and treated her, and she was cured. She was not 100% cured. She still had like some uncontrollable movements, but she was able to walk. She was able to talk. Her seizures basically stopped. And what happened was she had gotten this diagnosis. I think it was called dystonia. And she got this diagnosis from two different hospitals. Johns Hopkins was one of them, and another very big hospital was the other. When she was cured, the media and the medical community accused her of having made up her illness because they could not believe that someone could be cured of something without using drugs, basically. That was the story. So she was hit over the head. She was not physically hit over the head, but she was totally destroyed by what happened um and i i did leave a message on this woman's board but she had three thousand comments on that one thread where she talked about having the um the video taken down uh suggesting that she might want to contact um dr rashid batar i don't know if she's seen my comment i can't see it myself because there are so many messages if anyone watching this is friends with her on facebook Perhaps you would like to send her a message. Um, I've sent a friend request, but she hasn't accepted. I can't blame her. Um, but if, if anybody is friends with her and can send her that message, she's had a shock treatment. I mean, how that is supposed to help, I have no idea. All it'll do is give her brain damage. But um, Dr. Batar says that this is an autoimmune situation with Desiree Jennings, and he was able to help her and possibly he'd be able to help her. Oh, Sharon, I didn't know that. That's wonderful. Sharon Bailey says, Marcella Piper Terry has taken her to get a treatment. That is brilliant. Do you know who's treating her? Also, I made a mistake before with the tachycardia. Tachycardia, thank you very much to the person who corrected me. I'm trying to find it, but it's a little bit far back. Tachycardia is when you have a fast- Heartbeat bradycardia is when you have a slow heartbeat. Um, So, yeah, Marcella Piper Terry is wonderful. I was lucky enough to have met her a few years ago. um, And she's in the United States. She's a scientist. And um, she has a child who was injured by vaccines. And she works tirelessly on this issue. Good morning, Steph. I just saw you here. Uh, I love our tribe, too. We have wonderful people. So that video... I think that we need to get Greg Hunt to sit down and watch that video. We need to get Roger Cook in Western Australia to sit down and watch that video. I would say we need to get Dictator Dan to sit down and watch that video, but I don't think Dictator Dan actually has a functioning heart. He never has to worry about bradycardia or tachycardia because he doesn't have a heart to begin with. So, um, But I think that every every member of parliament, every person who is a decision maker um, in our government needs to sit down and watch that video and then decide, do you still think that we need to get um, vaccination passports? We need to have no jab, no job. Um, And if so, please tell us why. Um, So I'm (laughs) trying to keep track of the time here. Otherwise, we'll be on until noon. Um, The next slide is a a series of slides, actually, from a COVID-19 presentation by the Centers for Disease Control. Yes, you're right, Connie. Getting it on um, Sky News is a great idea. If anybody knows Alan Jones or Rowan Dean or um, PETA, whatever her last name is, I forget, PETA Mellar, um, if you can get that to them, that would be fantastic. Let's get them to look at this. Craig Kelly, might be able to do it. Um, he's under incredible attack. I will be talking about that a little later on as well. Um, oh, Stefan, Ya, ja, I experienced a similar reaction from flu and zoster, not the, not to the same extent. Some say it was similar. St. Vitus's dance brought forward by inflammation of a kidney. Now, I've heard of St. Vitus's dance. I thought it was just a tremor in the face and the, and the, and the mouth. Um, I think Catherine Hepburn had it. Stefan, that is very interesting. And you're right. It's just a matter of extent. Um, So this this presentation was from December 19th, which was just a few days after they started vaccination in the United States. And they were talking about anaphylaxis, again, life-threatening allergic reactions following receipt of the messenger RNA COVID (laughs) non-vaccines, So um, this was on the 8th of December, the UK initiated vaccination. And then a day later, they confirmed two cases of anaphylaxis. Again, most reactions are never reported. um, And supposedly, none of these people died. Um, ACIP, which is the body in the United States that approves uh, vaccines and has never yet met a vaccine they didn't love, no matter how much evidence of harm there was, talked about this, um, and they decided to, um, to issue the license. It's not a real license because it's issued under emergency declaration. There's no package insert and there's no real information about the vaccine, but they decided to distribute it, uh, despite the fact that there was this evidence of anaphylaxis life-threatening reactions. Um, On the 18th of December in the United States, the CDC had identified six case reports of anaphylaxis, um, and they were Brighton Collaboration Levels 1 or 2. To be honest with you, I don't know how serious that is. Uh, On December 19th, or by December 19th, 272,000 doses of the vaccine had been administered. Um, This is the result, Okay. This was December 18th. This is one day of vaccination in the United States. One day. Okay. In the U.S., what they've done, and I think it's because it's mostly health professionals who are taking this vaccine. They've got an app on people's phones called V-Safe. So if you get the vaccine, it's supposed to remind you every day to report anything that you've seen change in your health. Um, so according to the V-Safe app, Um, between the 14th. Now it's said that they approved it on the 18th, but they must have started uh, on the 14th before it was even approved. I have no idea how that worked. So it's not one day, it's four days. Um, They had 112,000. Oh, I see. It is one day. My apologies. They issued, they had 679 vaccines given on the 14th, three health impacts. Now a health impact means that you are unable to work or do regular duties and required care from a doctor or healthcare professional. Five of the people who got the vaccine were pregnant at the time of vaccination. This is a crime against humanity. In the United States, they are urging pregnant women to get this vaccine that's never been tested in pregnancy. The CDC actually issued something saying, we have never tested this vaccine, but we see no reason why it would not be safe for a baby and there have been reports of miscarriages following administration of the vaccine. So on the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, these are the numbers of vaccines given the number of health impacts. On the 18th of December, there were 3,150 health impacts requiring care from a doctor and an inability to work and 514 pregnant women, at the time of vaccination. Um, Again, that is a crime, a crime against humanity. So we have huge numbers of serious reactions being reported in the first four days of vaccination or the first five days of vaccination in the US. And despite this, no signal has been sent up to please stop vaccinating until we find out. Um, Yeah, lucky that the crime is also the people agreeing, I agree. But the thing is, how many people actually know this information? Have you seen this on television? Have you read this in a newspaper, heard it on the radio? The media is intentionally covering up this information. So it is, it is up to us to know what we're doing. But if we are not being informed, it's really, really difficult. And Barbara, you are absolutely right. People are dumbed down. They watch TV and they get all their information from mainstream media, which means they are completely misinformed. Um, Julie, praying for the truth about this to come out before if any mandatory jabs are enforced, that's where you come in. You need to be sharing this information not just on social media, by email. You can get a link to today's broadcast. You can share the broadcast that's on our AVN Facebook page, which is probably going to be up longer than the one on Facebook. And you can talk to your friends, family, and work associates about this. We all need to speak up. We cannot be silent on this because if we are, we are responsible what's going to happen, as much as the pharmaceutical industry, as much as the media, as much as the medical community. Big
2: start. But uh, this, this, this.
0: Sorry, I want to, I didn't name the next video. I want you to listen to the next video very carefully. I don't know how many of you saw this. This is an expert, and I'm making quote marks when I say expert, talking about the vaccine. This is before the vaccine started to be distributed. I want you to listen very carefully to what he says after the first 45 seconds. And I especially want, to watch, want you to watch what he says towards the end and watch the reaction of the person doing the interview cuts him off straight away and says, thank you. And that's it. Because I think he was either shocked or just didn't want this secret being let out. So watch this. It's a short video.
2: Start, but uh, th- this 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 extraordinary creature, whatever we call it, this pandemic is is caused by something which is evolving all the time. Surely, yeah. So um, th- these viruses are pretty tricky for the immune system. They've got lots of methods to avoid the immune system. They don't mutate as fast as influenza, though. The mutation rate in this virus is pretty slow, but the intensity of your immune response is not so great for this virus so in many ways the I think the observation made by the previous speaker is right we're probably going to need a seasonal coronavirus vaccine that we all have every year to give us protection and that may change with mutations but this isn't a this isn't a very variable virus and uh, and I suspect it may stay the same for some years before we need to change it and finally, Sir John, the question everybody's asking you, when? When When will it be, when can I have one? <laughs> yeah, so as you may have spotted, there's a wide range of views on this subject. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful we're going to start to get a readout uh, early in the autumn as to whether this thing works or not. A lot of this depends on the intensity of infection. So in order to get a readout, you have to have a certain number of, of incident cases in the control vaccine population. And that then tells you that you can look at the real vaccinated population and see whether they've been protected. So I'm, I'm hoping that's gonna happen pretty smartly this autumn. But then don't forget, there these vaccines are unlikely to completely sterilize a population. They're very likely to have an effect which works in a percentage, say 60 or 70%. We'll have to look quite carefully and the regulators will have to look quite carefully to make sure that it's done what we need it to do before it gets approved so there will be a delay between the outcome of the trial and a decision whether it can be approved as a vaccine uh and of course anything that the happens john bell i cut you right off like can that can i just say that yeah. anything that happens to undermine the legitimacy of regulators to make independent decisions is, in my view, profoundly unhelpful.
3: Uh, Professor Sir John Bell, thank you very much.
0: So you see, I don't know if he wasn't thinking or what, but he stated outright that 60 to 70% of the people who got this vaccine might be made sterile. Um, Do you think that... The people taking the vaccine want to know that? You think anybody who's of childbearing age, that that might have an effect on their decision? And is there any reason why um, last week or the week before, I think I shared uh, an article that said that doctors are suggesting that any men who are taking the COVID vaccine should freeze their sperm beforehand just in case? So why would we be giving a vaccine? And, and he was wrong anyway. When he said that this is not a very variable vaccine, he's wrong. This vaccine, as, as Dave Rasnick said, mutates constantly because it's an RNA vaccine and they are very fragile. So he's wrong in saying that. But did you also hear that he said, we will probably need to have a vaccine every year? Uh, fantastic for the bottom line of the pharmaceutical industry, not so great for our health. Um, So, you know, if you want to line up every single year for one of these shots, uh, go ahead. But I personally think that that's a really, really big mistake. Um, Now I'm going to share another video, and this is the one we were talking about earlier with David Martin talking about why this is not actually a vaccine. I think you'll find this very interesting.
3: Rocco, let's let's make sure we're clear on something. (laughs) let's stipulate that this is not a vaccine Uh, i mean we need to be really clear we're using the term vaccine to sneak this thing under public health um, exemptions this is not a vaccine this is a mrna packaged in a fat envelope that is delivered to a cell it is a medical device designed to stimulate the human cell into becoming a pathogen creator. It is not a vaccine. Vaccines actually are a legally defined term and they're a legally defined term under public health law. They're a legally defined term under CDC and FDA standards and a vaccine specifically has to stimulate both an immunity within the person receiving it but it also has to disrupt transmission. And that is not what this is. They have been abundantly clear in saying that the mRNA strand that is going into the cell is not to stop transmission. It is a treatment. But if it was discussed as a treatment, it would not get the sympathetic ear of public health authorities because then people would say, well, what other treatments are there? The use of the term vaccine is unconscionable for both the legal definition term of it, but also because it actually is the sucker punch to open and free discourse. Because by saying vaccine, you dump it into a thing where you could be anti or pro the therapy. But if you actually talked about it as a therapy, remember, and people forget this, Moderna was started as a chemotherapy company for cancer, not a vaccine manufacturer for SARS. This, You know, if we said we're going to give people prophylactic chemotherapy for the cancer they don't have, you'd be laughed out of a room because it's a stupid idea. That's exactly what this is. This is a mechanical device in the form of a very small packet of technology that is being inserted into the human system to activate the cell to become a pathogen manufacturing site. And I refuse to stipulate in any conversations that this is, in fact, a vaccine issue. The only reason why the term is being used is to abuse the 1905 Jacobson case that has been misrepresented since it was written. And if we were honest with this, we would actually call it what it is. It is a chemical pathogen device that is actually meant to unleash a chemical pathogen production Action within a cell. It is a
0: medical device. Okay, so that is Dr. David Martin. If you have not seen him before, you're missing out. Um, He was in the documentary Plandemic, and you probably can't find it on YouTube, but you can on BitChute and on Brighteon as well. And it's about an hour long, and I recommend that you watch it if you haven't. Um, Marsha, you are absolutely right. The AstraZeneca vaccine is not mRNA. Pfizer and Moderna both are messenger RNA vaccines, brand new technology, never used before, uh, not a vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. They are medical devices intended to change your native DNA. Now, um, I wanted to talk a bit about the way that this pandemic is being marketed, um, and There is actually a medical definition of a pandemic. I'll just read it to you. It's pretty simple. An epidemic, a sudden outbreak, that becomes very widespread and affects a whole region, a continent, or the world due to a susceptible population. That susceptible population is, is important. By definition, a true pandemic causes a high degree of mortality. Now, we've been told that this um, COVID-19 is a killer, an absolute killer. Um, And that's the only way that we've been managed to be kept in fear um, because we are looking at a killer disease. Now, if it is a true pandemic, by definition, it has to lead to an increase in deaths. That's just it. Otherwise, there's no pandemic. This is the data from the UK, all cause, sorry, England and Wales, uh, all cause mortality between 1990 and 2020. Uh, Now, as far as I know, this is not per capita. It can't be per capita. This has to be actual mortality. Um, So I'm sure that the population of these areas grew a lot between 1990 and 2020, and yet there has been no increase whatsoever in deaths uh, over the time of this pandemic. You can see that there are yearly fluctuations. Some years have fewer deaths, some years have more. 2020 is an estimate because I think they stopped in October and this hadn't been updated since then. But you can see they're estimating 561,000 deaths. In 1993, there were 578,000 deaths. I'm just trying to see where else we have that are more, 1997, 558,000 deaths. Um, so by no, in no way is this evidence of a pandemic. Um, this is an article that was published recently in Canada, and the title I love. It says, all-cause mortalities, that's deaths by any cause, during the COVID-19 No plague and a likely signature of mass homicide by government response. Um, That's a very bold statement, but the evidence is showing it to be, you know, clearly that's what's happening. Um, And by government response means several things. For instance, in the United States where they used ventilators, almost 100% of the people who were put on ventilators died. In order to go onto a ventilator, it's not a respirator, a ventilator, they need to put you into an induced coma. And the drugs that are used to do that are, they have to be balanced very carefully. And a lot of times the doctors were rushed. They didn't really know what they were doing. And they actually killed people with the drugs. The act of the ventilation itself, putting the tube down directly down your um, epiglottis, That in itself, if they don't have the pressure set right, you can destroy someone's lungs. So people died from that. Aside from that, if there is a coronavirus infection, it has been known for decades that hydroxychloroquine and zinc, and now with antibiotics as well, I don't know how necessary that is, but the combination of uh, hydroxychloroquine, antibiotics, and zinc is 100% curative. So in other words, there are very large studies where even people who were quite ill, who were put onto this regimen, were cured. They did not die. 100% of them did not die. There are also studies that used vitamin C and vitamin D and had the same result. The people did not die. And more recently, there have been studies um, in another anti um, Anti parasitic, I think, called ivermectin, um, which does very much the same thing as hydroxychloroquine um, and is just about as safe as hydroxychloroquine. I mean, there's no such thing as a 100% safe drug, but these are pretty close to safe. Um, these drugs will cure people if they are sick, and they, their use has been blocked by the United States government, by the Australian government, by the government of New Zealand by so many governments that would rather see people die in droves than actually allow them to know that there is an alternative to vaccination. And as David Martin says, if they called this a therapeutic instead of a vaccination, then they would have to say, well, there's more than one therapeutic. Here are your choices. You choose which one you want. So, um, This article, I highly recommend, it's freely available online, and again, as I said, the links will be available on the AVN website when this um, episode is uploaded later on today. Uh, It is very clear, and it is in a peer-reviewed journal, as far as I know, too, so amazing that it was published, but um, it's well worth a read, I think. Uh, Now this, someone shared this picture on Facebook or Twitter. I can't remember. I went bowling about a week ago for the first time in ages. Didn't break a hundred, but I was so happy. (laughs) It was fun. Um, and the shoes that, you know, you, you rent or you don't rent, but they give you bowling shoes when you go in, um, the shoes we put on and then just return to the counter and they put them behind the counter. But the bowling balls, um, they, we had to put them in these plastic tubs so they could be sanitized. I thought it was funny they did it to the balls and not the shoes. But whatever. This is a bowling alley someplace in the United States where they've individually wrapped each bowling ball in plastic. Great for the environment. Really, really good for the environment. And who knows how safe that is. But it is a sign of how crazy people are right now. How people have been put into such a state of fear that they can't even think. Now, We talked about the coronavirus and the fact that a pandemic has to have a lot of excess deaths and the fact that there are no excess deaths. Uh, Australia's figures are looking very much the same. They haven't been finalized yet, but they're very close. No increase in deaths, and in some parts of the country, an actual decline in deaths. Um, So if it's a pandemic, it's not a very good one. But despite that, Um, This is an article. I'm just going to get my glasses on because I hate having to struggle to read these things. There we go. Uh, Anti-vaxxer fines could be on the cards. This is Roger Cook, who is the health minister in WA, and he said he's not ruled out fining West Australians who refuse to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Again, if the vaccine is not going to prevent you from getting the infection, if it's not going to prevent you from spreading the infection then why in the world would Roger Cook say that you have to get it? Maybe, just maybe, he has another reason. Maybe, just maybe, it's a reason that he doesn't want to share with us because it might be a reason that would get him into trouble. That's all I'm going to say, but I have no idea. I have no information about that. I just know that there is a lot of that going around. Um, Last week, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said state and territory governments would be required to harmonize their approach to public health orders, dictating under what circumstances immunization against COVID-19 would become a legal requirement. Do you remember um, he did say a while ago that it would never be made mandatory? Well, they're going to use the same argument for this that they use for no jab, no pay, and no jab, no play. We're not making it compulsory. You can you have every right to choose not to vaccinate your child. You just can't send them to preschool or child care. You can't hold down a job. You can be in poverty. It's going to be very similar. No jab, no job. No jab, no pension. No jab, no driver's license. No jab, no airplane travel. No jab, no crossing the borders. So if you're willing to accept that from a government that has never had a mandate to have those sorts of requirements, uh, he did say as mandatory as possible, Deborah, but he copped so much flack that about a few days later, he, he flip-flopped very quickly. He said, no, it's not going to be mandatory. Um, yes, homeschooling is better. There's no two ways about it, but not everyone can homeschool. And even if you do, how are you going to do it if you can't get a job because you have to be vaccinated? How are you going to do it if you can't get a pension because you have to be vaccinated? Um If you are free, you are free to make these choices. If you are not free to make these choices, you are not free. You are living in a tyranny. You are living in a fascist dictatorship. And that is what Australia is right now. And it's what the United States will be very soon. And it's what many countries in Europe are as well. Um, They claim to be democracies, but they are not democracies. Uh, Now, a lot of people I've spoken with have said, I don't really like the idea of getting vaccinated, but if it's the only way that I can travel or the only way that I can do X, Y, and Z, then I'll do it. Um, This is an article, once people are vaccinated, can they start to move around? The short answer is no. We are in lockdown, and it's important that everybody, even those vaccinated, do keep the rules. The second reason for this is is that we need to monitor the effects of the vaccine. We're pretty confident it will protect people, but what we don't know is whether it stops people spreading it to others. We only know that by following up. There are good studies doing just that now, but it's really early days. I read that completely badly. So you, kind citizen, are nothing more than a guinea pig. The government doesn't know if the vaccine is going to protect you. It doesn't know if it's going to stop you from spreading the disease. So if you think getting vaccinated is going to mean that you can go back to the old normal, think again. It's not going to happen. And governments around the world are saying this. They're saying you're going to have to keep wearing masks. You're going to have to keep social distancing. You're going to have to keep on living like a prisoner and a slave. Uh, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. Now, Peter Doshi, um, I think he's editor of the British Medical Journal, or he was for a while. He has been writing the most amazingly good articles. Um, And this is one of them that was just published as an op-ed in the uh, New York Times, which surprised me that they published it. And he basically says, don't pressure the vaccine hesitant, um, that there are good reasons for people not to want to take this vaccine straight away. Uh, Before we demonize the 40% of Americans who say they aren't ready to roll up their sleeves, let's step back and consider whether herd immunity is actually the right goal right now. And how do you get herd immunity if the vaccine's not even meant to prevent infection? Now, listen to these statistics. Um, Here we go. I'm just trying to find this. Um, Hang on. Sorry about this. Here we go. Uh, There's another reason health leaders should resist the hard sell. The vaccines are not risk-free. Most side effects appear to be mild and short-lived, but not all. For example, with the Moderna vaccine, the frequency of grade 3 adverse events, and remember, grade 3 means that you need medical treatment and can't do your work, those severe enough to prevent daily activity, including fatigue and muscle pain, is higher than it is for most vaccines, 17.4% or nearly one in five 18 to 64 year olds. So these are the healthy younger people who are not at risk of dying from a coronavirus infection, but they are at great risk from the vaccine. If you went to a doctor and they were going to inject you with the vaccination, and they said well you have one chance in five of having a really serious reaction to this vaccine my question to you is would you take it i think most of you would say no but it is not fair what is happening now because the government is not telling people what the real risks are what we know 17.4 percent. If you were doing, if you were playing Russian roulette and you had a gun with five chambers and a live bullet in one of them, would you hold that gun against your head and pull the trigger? No, you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. I don't even need to ask. There is also a legitimate lack of trust between the medical establishment and women and black and brown communities. This is finally being acknowledged by public health leaders. Do you think part of that might be because they covered up the connection between Uh, vaccinations with the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, and autism. Do you think that lying to the black communities and the communities of color for decades and harming their children might have made them trust you just that little bit less? Kind of think it might have. There have been a series of articles that have come out in the um, Australian Doctor Weekly that I wanted to share just a little bit of information Uh, with you about. This is one that came out on the 13th of January, so three days ago. GPs need training to tackle anti-vax and other health furfies, the Australian Medical Association. The language in the first part of this article is chilling, absolutely chilling. Uh, The AMA says doctors should be offered training in psychological strategies to free patients from the influence of anti-vax propaganda and other bogus health information. So they're making an assumption, first of all, that the information that we are sharing, which is information from the scientific literature, more than doctors are sharing because they don't know in general, um, the information that we're sharing is bogus and there needs to be psychological strategies used to free patients from this. Maybe they have to use drugs, who knows, you know? Uh, Find a new use for some old drugs that aren't selling too well. Um, Where is the official packet insert for the vaccine, Denise asks. The fact is there is no official package insert. Because these vaccines have been approved under emergency declarations, uh, there's no requirement for a package insert to be released until they are officially licensed. Um, they, The manufacturers, you will be happy to know, however, are completely indemnified for any harms that these vaccines may cause you. If you die or are permanently injured, it's on you. It's not on the government. It's not on the doctor or nurse who administered the shot. And it is most assuredly not on the pharmaceutical company. You are taking the risk. They take absolutely no risk. Um, Here's another article from the Australian Doctor Weekly. Uh, This one is a little bit better. Experts, expert brands Brisbane's lockdown excessive after no positive cases found last week. At the drop of the hat, like I was supposed to be going up to Brisbane and I had to cancel it. Many people had to cancel events. I read so many stories of people who were getting married and had to cancel weddings they'd paid for and had guests coming from all over the place. It's very sad. Um, Anastasia Palachuk, bless her cotton socks, um, closed down what she called Greater Brisbane. Now, Greater Brisbane is much smaller than what she actually closed down. It went all the way west to Ipswich and north to North Lakes. So that entire area was on lockdown. Um, Masks were required to be worn even if you were in your car alone. And the reasoning for making you wear a mask in your car was that you might forget to put a mask on. So it was training you to do the right thing and wear a mask all the time. I'd love to know how many people had car accidents because uh, they lacked oxygen and had accidents because they were wearing a mask in the car. But it is absolutely insane. There was one person who tested positive, supposedly to the new UK variant, considering the fact that they've never isolated SARS-CoV-2 to begin with, How did they isolate a variant to SARS-CoV-2? So convenient. That emperor is stark naked. But supposedly this one person who was a cleaner in the hotel tested positive, and she'd been out in the community for a few days. So obviously, even though the World Health Organization said in a study of 10 million asymptomatic people with positive SARS tests. there was not one case of asymptomatic transmission let's not look at the science let's not look at anything that makes sense Anastasia lockdown Brisbane and so many people were like oh thank you thank you it's so good that you're taking care of me I'm so happy give me a break um, it's like these people are begging to have their lives destroyed their businesses destroyed just because it makes them feel safe to be locked in their home and made to wear a mask like a slave. Um, so uh, this article in Ozdoc actually said that this entire thing was insane and excessive and there was no reason for it. But will Anastasia have to face any uh, any complaints from people? It doesn't look like it because as I said, people seem to be completely brainwashed and that's why it's up to us to wake them up we need to give them a little bit of a shake not a not a physical shake but actual a shake up by giving them information Um, okay this is an editorial from the british medical journal again written by peter doshi uh, and reported uh, in the australian doctor weekly Um, And it says, don't bet on COVID-19 vax saving lives, warns. Um, Oh, sorry. It's not Peter Doshi. It's Dr. Noshed. I'm not sure if I'm, it says Dr. Doshi. Yeah, sorry. It was Peter Doshi. I'm not sure who this other doctor is. Basically, they said that if you think that the vaccine is going to end up saving people from dying from COVID-19, you're wrong. Think again. And if that's the case, why are we using the vaccine? Why are we doing it under an emergency authorization without testing it first for safety and efficacy? Why are we trying to convince people, everyone, pregnant women, old people who are already sick, why are we trying to convince them to take this vaccine? Um, There's no logical reason at all. And this is from the UK, Brits could be wearing face masks forever as COVID-19 will quote, always be with us. Well, influenza is always with us. The measles is always with us, Chickenpox, pox, um, whooping cough, all of these things are always with us. We don't say that people have to wear masks because of it. Um, we don't test people who have no symptoms because of it. Why are we doing this with COVID? Is this really about keeping people safe and healthy? Or is it about keeping people under the thumb, keeping them in control? Um, I believe it is about controlling people. I also believe that with what is happening now, with the fact that so many doctors, so many specialists are saying that massive amounts of people are going to be killed by this vaccine, many more than would have been killed by any SARS infection, that there could be a depopulation agenda here. I don't know. But it doesn't make sense to me that if this is about health, you would be doing something so incredibly unhealthy. Incredibly unhealthy. Um, Simon Gray is asking, is the AstraZeneca vaccine an mRNA vaccine or a traditional style of vaccine? It's a viral vaccine. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know if it is made in the way that vaccines have traditionally been made. My understanding is that It does contain a novel or a new um, adjuvant in there. It it contains some new ingredients that have never been used before, but it is not a messenger RNA vaccine. So it will not have the same effect of changing your DNA, we believe, uh, like Pfizer and Moderna does. So... um, I spoke before a little bit about hydroxychloroquine. This is an article that's just come out in a peer-reviewed journal. It's under review, so it hasn't been finalized yet. Um, The journal will be very brave to publish it, but hopefully they will. Uh, And it's a review of emerging evidence demonstrating the efficacy of ivermectin in the prophylaxis and treatment of COVID-19. In Australia, Dr. Thomas Barodi, who's a gastroenterologist who has an excellent reputation, he's been urging the use of ivermectin and zinc um, for, well, almost since the beginning. And he's been silenced by the medical authorities and the government, um, who, again, seem to be happy to let people die if that means that it can increase the fear in the community and uh, make people more likely to accept vaccination or medical devices without question. So, yes, AstraZeneca has got tons of fines for false advertising. The thing is, every vaccine manufacturer uh, is a criminal cartel. Uh, They have all paid billions of fines for fraud leading to death and um, permanent disability. So, um, They are criminal enterprises, and we are putting our lives and our children's lives in the hands of criminals, which I think in the normal scheme of things, we would never do. It's just that the government and the medical community are either lying to us or withholding information, or in the case of your average GP, simply don't know because they haven't taken the time to look at it. Most doctors that I know who have taken the time to actually research this issue have stopped vaccinating. And one of those doctors, I'm about to show you a short video of. It is not, technically speaking, a COVID video, but it is a video about just one of the ingredients of vaccines and the harm that this ingredient can cause. And that ingredient is aluminum, which is in many, many vaccines. And the doctor is a pediatrician from New York named Dr. Larry Pulevsky. What are your thoughts on that?
4: Um, Well, you heard earlier that there's no real concern about aluminum because it's such a small amount and so it really shouldn't matter, but the kind of aluminum that we put into vaccines is a different kind of aluminum that we see environmentally. This is called a nanoparticle, and nanoparticles bind really tightly to the bacteria antigens, the virus antigens, the food protein antigens, and any other contaminants that are in the vaccines that we may not know about. And we know that the biochemical properties of nanoparticles is that they are capable of entering the brain. And so we have not evaluated the safety of the aluminum nanoparticle and its injection and where it goes when it gets into the body and whether it gets into the brain. Do vaccine ingredients belong in the brain? No. Do they get into the brain? No one has ever studied it. But animal studies using the same chemicals that are in vaccines that we give to children, directly demonstrate that the vaccine ingredients do enter the brain. We are ignoring this information. There are scientists in Europe who have actually done studies on the aluminum nanoparticle and have shown that it can persist in the brain for years and decades. And so what we're seeing is a large outbreak of neurodevelopmental disabilities in adults, including Alzheimer's. And one of the main factors that they're finding in the brains of people With Alzheimer's, is the aluminum nanoparticle that's directly related to the vaccines that we're giving. So we have never studied whether the aluminum that we're giving in vaccines gets into the brain, and we've never measured whether it stays in the brain and what it does if it does stay in the brain. But we do know that vaccines are supposed to cause inflammation in the body. But we have more than half of our children with chronic inflamed conditions And we've never allowed ourselves to ask the question, if the vaccines cause inflammation acutely, do they continue to create inflammation chronically? We have one in five with neurodevelopmental disabilities, one in 10 with ADD and ADHD, one in 35 with autism, one in 11 with asthma, and one in 20 under the age of five with seizures. And the autoimmune diseases are exponentially rising, and we are finding that the viruses and the bacteria that we're injecting into the body along with the adjuvants create something called molecular mimicry which means the body sees those viruses thinking that it's foreign but actually finds pieces of those viruses that match pieces of the self and the immune system doesn't differentiate between what it's been told to reject and itself so it will turn the immune system on itself, leading to an autoimmune condition. We know this about hepatitis B, we know it about the Gardasil vaccine, and we know it about the flu vaccine. And we continue to say unequivocally that the vaccines have been studied effectively and that they're safe, and that's just not true.
0: Okay, so I felt that that was a really important video to share with you. at this point because it shows you several things first of all larry Pilewski, like many doctors who have questioned vaccination has been the target of the authorities um he hasn't lost his license yet like dr thomas has but you know he is a target and um But despite that, he speaks the truth, and he continues to speak the truth because he is an ethical man, and he is an intelligent man, and he is a medical professional, and he says that these ingredients have never been studied, but that the evidence is showing that they are simply not safe. When we have a government that is trying to force us to harm our children, to harm ourselves without showing us the evidence that what they are telling us to do are going to make us healthier or to protect us in any way. We have a government that is acting like criminals, and this is what we have right now. Our government is criminal in their actions. They are, they are refusing to answer questions under freedom of information about the science behind lockdowns, masks, the use of this vaccine, whether or not SARS has been isolated. None of these questions are being answered. Or, even more horrific, they're being answered to say, we don't have any information on that, sorry. So policies are being made based on absolutely nothing. And perhaps, again, there is corruption involved. I don't know. I'm not going to accuse anybody of anything. But the question needs to be asked, have they been given a mandate to control us, to vaccinate us, to inject us with medical devices against our will? And I say, unequivocally, they have not been given that mandate, but they are acting as if they have. Now, I've heard from someone that I trust very much that if you thought 2020 was bad, 2021 is going to be make it look like a walk in the park. And I hate to think that that's going to be the situation, but it's shaping up to that way. Um, and what we're doing in our area is we are forming communities, and it's very effective. We're getting to know each other. We're getting to know who, is, who has young children that maybe they want to share care with someone uh, or even just get together for mutual support. Uh, we're teaching each other how to grow food Uh, We are learning how to do many of the things that could be necessary if the you-know-what hits the fan. We're learning how to store food. We're learning how to make sourdough. All of these things that were skills that our grandparents would have not thought twice about, we are learning. Because when it comes down to it, the reason the government can do to us what they are doing to us is because we become dependent on them. It is time to break that dependency. It's like a drug addict. If a drug addict continues to be dependent on those drugs, they cannot do anything for themselves. Once they get off the stuff, they can do it. They can have a life. They can find their center and become a useful, happy member of society. Well, we have to do that too. We need to get together with our community, whether you live in a city or you live in the country, you need to introduce yourself to your neighbors. You need to talk to them. You need to not just walk by and say, good morning. You need to walk by and say, hey, have you thought about this? What's happening? What do you think you're going to do? There's a quote that I want to share with you. And I thought twice about doing this because it is a kind of judgmental quote. But to be honest with you, at this point in time, I'm feeling a bit like that, um, because I've done this for 30 years, and there are so many people who absolutely have no idea that they are not going to be able to count on the AVN any more than they can count on the government to protect them. We can't protect you. We can try and protect ourselves. We can try and give you information. But when it comes to the actual role of protection, it's on you. So I'm going to share this quote. It's from a founding father in the United States, of course, as so many of my quotes are. I'm sorry. I think they were brilliant. Samuel Adams. If ye love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude than the animated contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not for your counsels or arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains sit lightly upon you and may posterity forget that you were our countrymen. It's a serious time we find ourselves in, and those of us with children, and my children are grown, but it's uh, having children means you always have children. Uh, at a time when we have children and we are not sure what the future holds for them, it is a scary time. But I find an incredible amount of confidence and security in knowing that I am part of a community and not just an individual. And I think you will, too. So whether you live, again, in the city, in the country, or out bush, you have a community. You need to find it. You need to find who your tribe is, and you need to get with them, and you need to start teaching each other and learning from each other, because that is the way we will be independent of this criminal government, and that is the only way. So when they come and say, you can't go to this restaurant unless you sign in and wear a mask, you can hand them a piece of paper, which I'm getting a copy of tomorrow, that says, here is the actual legislation. Are you aware that you are in breach by even asking me to sign in and wear a mask? You're not allowed to do that. Uh, I don't want to uh, go to another business, but I will, and I don't want to report you for breaching the legislation but if I have to I will stand up for yourself be strong be brave we all need to do that now because this is a time that I don't think has ever existed in humanity's history and a lot of you are asking about the high wire if you're not watching the high wire you're really cheating yourself because it is the best show on the internet and um they are kicked they've been kicked off of YouTube and Facebook, but you can find their uh broadcasts at thehighwire.com and I recommend you go there. I think it comes out at like four o'clock in the morning on a Friday in Australia. Uh, but you can watch it later on. You don't have to watch it live. But Dell does the most amazing job um at the highwire. And they need support too. I have to let you know that the AVN has been supporting the High Wire. And um, they were selling bricks because they're building a new studio. So the AVN has purchased some bricks uh, from the highwire to help them make that studio a reality. Also, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I Can, which is one of the... Um, I don't know what you call it, an organization that Dell and Robert Kennedy are working on. They actually just got rid of the requirement in Massachusetts, which is one of the most pro-vax states in the entire United States. There was a requirement for children to get vaccinated in order to do something. I only saw it very quickly before I came online. I think the release just came out. And um, they went to court and they fought and they won. And this is the kind of thing that you support when you support the high wire. And we are doing similar things at the AVN. So our $25 a year from you helps us support that. And we do whatever we can to try and educate and inform our members and to also support our members. So remember that the fourth Thursday in the month, which is going to be the 29th of January, we will be having a QA. and a If you want to join the AVN, because it's only available for members of the AVN, financial members, and a lot of people are confused about what membership is. People think that because they get our newsletter, they're a member. No. Membership is $25 a year, and you need to renew it every year. You can either sign up for a one-off and then remember to renew, or you can sign up for a membership that automatically renews and your credit card will be charged every year, but... Um, I urge all of you watching, and I think we have a record number of people watching the show today, so thank you so much to everyone who came. I hope you found it useful, but I also hope that everyone who's watching this, if you're not already a financial member of the AVN, will go to avn.org.au. Michael, I'm pretty sure it is thehighwire.com. Does anybody know? I'm pretty sure it is. I have it saved, so I just start typing in highwire, and it comes up. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's thehighwire.com. Um, yeah, death by coincidence. Yes Scott, that's what that's when someone dies after a vaccination. Death by coincidence. And the children's health defense, they work closely with the Highwire. And I think ICANN is run by Dell and Robert Kennedy. Children's Health Defense is the most informative website On the internet about this issue. The AVN has a pretty bloody good website too, but nothing compared with the Children's Health Defense. So make your list of websites and check them out at least once a week for anything new that's come up. As I said, we are going to have a page on the website, it's already started, um, where we're going to have a recap of the week's um, news. Uh, So once a week, just go and visit that page and you'll stay up on everything that's happening um so oh what's the high wire um the high wire is a weekly show that comes out on thursday in the united states on friday morning in australia and it is run by del bigtree who produced the documentary Vaxed. and uh if you haven't watched it lucky you really need to it's very very good so just look up The High Wire. And they've been kicked off of Facebook and YouTube, as many people have. Um, I think we're just not big enough at this point for them to kick us off. But, uh, um, but I'm happy that we're still here because we're still reaching you. It is The High Wire. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, Michael just posted a link. Save it in your book, bookmarks and um, check it out once a week at least. And the other one, um, their domain is icandecide.com, I think um where can we get that document you spoke of uh to have with us as ammo i'm getting mine tomorrow sorry i clicked the wrong thing um and i will share it with everyone next week on under the wire so it's a good reason to come to under the wire Um, and hopefully i'll put it up on the avn website as well we all need to be aware of our rights so that we can defend them so, um, yeah, being, being informed about this, and I am far from informed about this. I have so much to learn. Uh, it's hard to kind of stay up with everything, but um, it's something that we do need to at least learn the basics about so that we can protect ourselves. Um, what's that? There's an expression that I think the Know Your Rights group says, um, if you don't know your rights, you don't have any. And uh, they're right. They're absolutely right. So, folks... I thank you all so much for coming this morning. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I have, Um, and it's great to see you come here every week. Your enthusiasm and your interest uh, sparks mine, and you keep me going. So thank you so much to everyone, and I will see you next Saturday on Under the Wire. Bye-bye now.